0: Hello and welcome to Church at the Bridge. Thank you for checking out our weekly sermon podcast. This is week two of our current series, Take the Lead. In this message, we're talking about loving one another in the body of Christ with a message that is titled, A Necessary Connection. We hope you enjoy today's word.
1: Hey, we're picking up where we left off last week. We started a new series entitled, Take the Lead take the lead. And I can think of no better way to start the new year than to really look into God's word and see what God is saying to us about leading in our lives. Now, the sermon series that we're on is very specific and purposeful to the church as a body and to bring it a little bit more closer to home to us here at Church at the Bridge. But don't miss the truth here. Don't tune it out because the truth is that what we're learning applies to our own personal lives as well. Amen? Amen. And so... Everybody say, I have an open heart to receive, to embrace, and to believe what God has to say to me today. Come on, give it up for yourselves. You sound real good. So last week proved to be powerful. We learned that God leads his church, that God leads his people as we follow. But what we saw was that we, his people, must take the lead to get there. Let me give you an example of what I mean. So God says, this is where I'm leading you in life. This is the people that I'm leading you to forgive. This is the new opportunity that I'm leading you to take. These are my purposes and my plans for your life. Here's a good work where I want to plant you, and that's great. But how many of you know that you can hear what God says? You can receive it, you can believe it, but if you do nothing with it, you're not going anywhere. And it's not, it's not that God dropped the ball. It's just that we fail to take the lead. And see, that's powerful. And so last week we learned that if we're going to take the lead where God is leading us, it takes commitment. I know that's a nasty word. That's a dirty word. It's vulgar, right? It's profanity. Commitment. But see, that's powerful because it tells us something about the God that we serve. Listen, whether you believe in Jesus or not, I want you to get this point, that God believes in you, and he invites you to be a partner with him in what he wants to do for your life. Let me give you a portion of scripture that we were looking at last week in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. It says, for we are, what? Co-workers. Now, I know for some of us, we hear that word co-worker, and you think about somebody that, yeah, they just don't, you don't like them, right? This is not the time nor the place for that. But what I want you to see that this is what God says in his word about you. He says, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. Listen closely. God is not interested in people that simply just follow. God's not interested in just puppets. God is not interested in just you being a yes man, a yes woman, being a bobblehead and just. That, God's not interested in that. God says, I'm inviting you. I'm calling you. I have a plan for your life, but I want you to understand that you are a co-worker in it. That term co-worker is very important because what it tells us is that it takes more than one to accomplish the task. Yeah. And understand that God says, I want to do something great in your life. I want to take you great places. I want to show you purpose. I want to use you greatly. I want to uplift you. I want to place you on a high rock. I pulled you out that pit and I want you to see how high you are with me, what I'm doing in your life but it takes a commitment to be a co-worker. It takes partnership. See, as it relates to the church as a body, and even to us here at Church of the Bridge that call Church of the Bridge your home, or whether you call church your home somewhere else, I want you to understand that the church does not survive or thrive without people who take seriously the call of shouldering the burden of moving the kingdom of God forward. Now, I just heard somebody think this. But we are not taking a second offering. Don't We don't play that. We're not we're not here pulling on your heartstrings, all right? Or your pocket. Right? We understand how this works. It's God's kingdom. Amen. We do what he says, and he provides. Amen. And he increases, right? And so don't worry about that. We're not taking a second offering. Right? But see, we got, we got to understand that if that's true, and it is, therefore, we the church as individuals and collectively as a part of the local gathering, the body of Christ as a part of it, we must take the lead. And that takes commitment. That takes an all-in attitude that says, this is what I'm called to, this is what I believe, and this is what I'm doing. See, leaders are great followers of God. Amen. Let that sit for a minute, you'll get back to that, right? And so this week, we continue by looking at another critical step to taking the lead as God leads us as a church, as God leads us individually. And today, I'd like to talk to you about the topic of a necessary connection. A necessary connection. Now, look, we started today, and we, we, we all kind of just dove in and said, I need you. You told someone... Maybe you told some people that you don't know, and you said, I need you, but i got to ask you a question, and this is for personal reflection. Please don't tell on yourself. Please don't nudge the person next to you. Take it in for yourself. Do you really mean that? Do you really mean that? We all understand necessity, right? Some of us, you could tell me right now, the hours, the days, the minutes to your next paycheck, it's a necessity. Right? Every one of us woke up this morning the same way. Breathing. It's a necessity. You get what I'm saying? Every one of us, well, some of you maybe you didn't eat, but at some point you will eat. Why? Because it's a necessity. It's necessary. You need it. See, when you commit your life to Jesus, when you begin a journey of connecting with God, here's what we also have to understand that it's also a commitment to connect yourself to a community to a mission to a work called his church and you begin an ongoing journey in the midst of that commitment of connecting with God but listen closely connecting also with his people i want you to consider what the word says in Matthew chapter 19 verses 16 through 22 It says in verse 16 of Matthew 19 that, Now behold, one came and said to him, and I just want to point your attention to that word there, behold. The Holy Spirit, God is very clear and careful of the verbiage that he uses in his word. And he says, behold this. In other words, don't just glance at it. Hold on to it. Look at it. Consider it. Explore it. So he says, behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And so he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said to him, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man says, hmm, I shall not murder. Check. Shall not commit adultery. Check. Never stolen anything. Never had a need to. I've got everything I need. Check. Shall not bear false witness. I've never told a lie. Check. Honor your father and your mother. Man, I've got that one in the bag. Check. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Man, if there's anything that I'm known for, I love my neighbor. Love him. I even love him more than myself. And the young man said to him, all these things I've kept since my youth. All systems ago, Jesus. And then he says this, what do I still lack? If that's all it is, then Jesus, I'm good. But there's something missing. What do I still lack? And Jesus says to him, if you want to be perfect, that word perfect there speaks of completeness. He says, if you want to be complete, if you want to be perfect, he says, go and sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, For he had great possessions. Here's what we also see. His great possessions had a great hold of him. Right? And so we got to take a moment to just appreciate what's happening here. Listen, the Bible says that Jesus was anointed of God and that he went about doing good and healing all people and delivering people that were demon-possessed, oppressed of the devil. Right? So wherever Jesus went, he, he was doing good things. Right? Great things were happening. There was power being released. There was something happening. And in the midst of this, Jesus is teaching some radical concepts in Israel. The scripture reveals that when Jesus showed up, that it turned Israel upside down. It caused great commotion. It was disruptive. It was something that people had never heard of, and yet people recognized that they needed it and they desired it. And so this is one of those moments where Jesus was teaching about life in the kingdom. And the scripture tells us that during that particular moment, a young man who happens to be of many resources says to Jesus, this is Jesus, what do I have to do to be a part of that? Put it to you another way. How do I get that life? How do I participate in what God wants to do in my life? And Jesus, as we read in the scriptures, says to him, hey, well, you know the law. Do do what the law says. Now, it's important for us to just understand this, that the law, according to the New Testament and what we read in the scriptures, was never intended to be the rule of thumb by which we're right with God. The book of Hebrews goes to a great extent to eloquently teach us and tell us that the law has one purpose. It's called the law of sin and death. That's what the law is referred to, the law of Moses. And the reason why it's called that is because the law only does one thing. It points us to our need for a Savior. Anybody ever tell a lie? Please don't tell on yourself. You've been there, right? 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 Can't check that one off. Right? You ever look at something that wasn't yours but man, I, if that was mine that's called coveting. Right? We won't talk about this whole adultery thing. Right? Because Jesus put it this way if you just look at a woman and long after her you've already done it is what he says. So, But my point is that and look there's no condemnation, there's no judgment in that but what I want you to see is that Jesus responds to him with the law. And it wasn't to teach him or show him this is the way for you to get it right. What he was Using the law was to illustrate to him where he was missing it. But that doesn't make sense, Pastor Jose, because this guy was all, all you know, all engines are firing, everything's a green, it's a go, he's good. And then he asked Jesus, he says, What do I lack? And Jesus responds to him by pointing him to the very thing that he had checked off on his list. He says, Go and sell everything you have, go give it to the poor, watch this, and then come and follow me. You know what Jesus is saying to him? This is the way of the kingdom. And verse 19 is where Jesus was driving home the point. Look at verse 19 again. It says, honor your father and your mother and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. See, Jesus did the unthinkable at that moment. It might even be unthinkable to some of us. Wait, 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 wait. Get rid of everything I got so that I can serve people, love people, touch people. And the point here is an important one. We can't miss this. See, this point is paramount because every one of us can understand What it is to love someone in need, right? You ever seen somebody who you feel, you know, they they look like they're down and out or you you just kind of just out of the goodness of your heart, right? You go and meet a need or serve somebody or you see something somebody else doesn't. That's a good thing. I do want to back up and just point something out, though, that the law was given with also this intent. It was to point people to God and to teach them how to relate to one another as his people. And the reason why that's important is because the law here, when Jesus is saying, love your neighbor as yourself, he's being very specific about who he's telling them to love first. He's saying, go love your fellow brother and sister that's called of God. Now, I'm not not saying we shouldn't love people outside of the walls that we call Church. That's erroneous, by the way. This, is, this isn't a church. You brought the church. Amen. You are the church, right? Amen. Okay, I'm glad we agree on that, Amen. right? Whether you're here or you're joining us online, listen, you are the church. And so the thing about it is that Jesus is calling this young man, this man of great resources and great wealth, to love his neighbor. But specifically, he's saying, man, you got to love that person that's your brother and your sister in this kingdom, And the Bible says that at that moment, he leaves saddened. The scripture puts it this way. He left with great sorrow. And so back to a point that I was making. Every one of us can agree to the importance of helping to meet the needs of others. And I don't want you to tell on yourself here, but I want you to consider this point. Not every one of us agrees to the importance of loving, and meeting, and serving, and connecting with the needs of our fellow brother and sister in Jesus Christ. I know that's tough. That's that's it's 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 it's, it's a hard point to consider. Listen, the point that Jesus is driving here is profound. He's saying you cannot make a meaningful connection to God and his kingdom without connecting to his people and through his people. Can you remember that person that reached out to you, met you where you were at, and saw the best in you when you were at your worst? Can you remember that, that someone that reached out to you, that loved you, that listened to you, and that shared their faith, not so much simply by what they said, but by how they lived. For me, that person was my mom. I wasn't impressed with going to church. See, in church, the church that I grew up in was the church that only we were going to heaven. Everybody else was going to hell. Right? Women wore their skirts extra long, right? It wasn't worship if we didn't have at least five tambourines going, right? And we, we spent hours calling down fire from heaven to consume us. And then we spent about a good two hours at an altar, or what we thought was an altar, crying out to God, asking him to save us and forgive us again. Not realizing what the scripture says. That what Jesus did, he did once and for all. That he became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We didn't know that the scripture said that you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. A place of habitation for God. We didn't know how much we meant to God and how much we were loved by God. We were focused on our imperfections, not seeing that he saw the perfected work of Jesus Christ in us. I say all that simply to say this, that while we went to church and we did it well, we didn't care for one another. See, God works through people. Think about how God did this when he decided to implement the master plan To put it all into works. To bring salvation to the world. The Bible tells us that he did not consider it robbery. To give up his throne. He said, I'll be like one of them. I'll come in the form of a man. That plan has not stopped coming. The scripture says, says this about you. That Christ is in you and he is the hope of glory that there is a greater one in you than he that is in the world. And the scripture declares that how will they know unless someone goes and preaches? How will they know again someone goes and brings them the message? How will they know unless they impact, they're impacted by someone who cares enough to love them and meet them where they're at? But get this, we get all excited about going there. At the expense of missing right here what God is doing amongst us. Don't you to turn to somebody and tell them, "I need you." Listen, this young man was seeking a greater and more meaningful experience with God than he'd had with religion. And the thing that was stopping him was his failure to recognize what God wanted to do in him through the people of God amongst him. In another portion of Scripture. Jesus is asked a similar question, Some, something along those lines, but they ask him, what's the greatest commandment of all? What's the most important thing in God's kingdom? What's at the heart of God? And in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, Jesus, it's recorded as he replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Amen, right? Yeah, we can agree with that. But watch this. The second is like it. You know what he's saying? The second is equivalent to it. And he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Listen closely. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You know what he's saying? This is what the kingdom is all about. This is what the law is supposed to point you to. A love for God and a love that's equivalent to your love for God, for his people among you. Listen, it's impossible to genuinely connect with God and refuse to connect with his people. Everybody say this with me. I love love Pastor Pastor Jose. You said it. This is a rough one because listen closely. Here's the implication of what we just read from the words of Jesus. Loving God equals loving his people. I'm not here to give you my opinion, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you that have been here and called church at the bridge home, here's one thing you know about us. We stick to the word. So I'm not giving you my opinion. And so I want you to see that loving God and loving his people, they go together. Think of it this way. The cross is both vertical and horizontal. And the reason why I share that with you is because the work of the cross not only reconciled us to God, it reconciles us to one another. It draws us together. One of the triumphs of the early church was the miracle of mixed cultures, worshiping together in unity and harmony. Listen, the early church brought together people with Jewish, Gentile, heathen, and pagan backgrounds. Slave and free, business owner and poor. It brought all people alike. It brought all these backgrounds together to worship and to be in service under the banner of Jesus Christ. Their new identity was Christian. And still today, the church is made up of people from different cultures and backgrounds. We're called to come together under under the authority of Jesus Christ, connecting with God and connecting with one another. Because of what Jesus did on the cross and in his resurrection, people from every nation, race, tribe, and tongue have become one family, worshiping one Savior in unity and in harmony. Listen closely. Our new identity is Christian. Our new identity is us. i got to read this statement to you just as I wrote it. Christians are people who understand that they need to be a part of something bigger than themselves. They realize that the enlargement of their lives will be affected by who, where, and what they connect to. Christians are people who don't live in isolation. Listen, if you call church at the bridge your home, this is your home church. Or if you call your church, wherever it is that you go, my church, I want you to understand what God is saying to you and I. You can't enjoy relationship with God and bypass people in this house. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Wherever that house is. Yes, sir. You can't say, oh, I love you, Lord. And bypass one another. You can't be in perfected, complete relationship with God without loving your neighbor. Because to love you is to love God. I didn't say you are God. But just understand this, that God redeemed us back to this one perfect place made in his image, in his likeness, authorized to take dominion in this earth and bring a life-giving message known as the gospel of Jesus Christ. But that can't happen without people united in relationship, connected to one another. And so God is calling us to more than a gathering. God is calling us to share faith and life with one another. Listen to the words of Paul. Now this guy Paul is not just anyone. He's just like you and me, and yet he was sold out to the gospel. But he was also sold out to the relationships that he nurtured with people in the body. These weren't people that had it all together. These weren't people without flaws. These weren't people that didn't have their own issues and their own problems. These weren't people that didn't have doubts, that didn't have questions. But listen closely to what he says. It says in Acts chapter 20, verse 18, And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you. You Know what he's saying there in the Greek? I lived with you. I shared life with you is what he's saying. From the first day I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. Watch this. He just says, I was serving the Lord with all humility. You want to see what that looked like? Listen to verse 20. He says, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, that proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house. You want to know what humility is in the eyes of God? You want to see an illustration of that? Loving one another. Hmm. Paul says this. I lived among you. I served with you. I kept nothing back that was helpful. Paul understood that the strength of the body of Christ is determined by the depth of our connections to one another. And so he lived this gospel in a relationship, in community, with people in the body. When it comes to living a fulfilled life and growing as a Christian, the general belief is I just need God. I don't disagree with that statement. But I will tell you this, that according to what we're seeing in the scriptures, to say I just need God is to say I just also need you. We might say things like, I don't need to tell anyone anything in the church. I don't need to share my life. I don't need to open up my heart. I don't need to. I'm just, I just go and I get what I need from God. I just need to keep the faith on my own. I'm going to say this with full confidence based upon what the scriptures say. It's a lie. It's a deception of the enemy. Because to neglect your fellow brother and sister in Christ is to neglect God. I don't know if you ever. a... Saw yourselves that way. I want you to just kind of just look around the room, look behind you, look around you. I want you, I want you, to, I want you to see, you know, just look, right? For some of us, we are like, okay, yeah, it's just a room full of people. No, 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 no. You're missing the point. The scripture says this, that he has placed a treasure in these earthen vessels. You are no ordinary, run-of-the-mill Living by the side, wayside of life, trying to get it together. No, 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 no. You are a container for the living God. He's sealed you. He's declared you righteous and holy. He's called you his own, and he calls you his vessel. Amen. Let me give you some scripture for what I'm saying here. The enemy would have you believe that you can bypass the body of Christ in order to connect with God and have a filled life, but you can't. Listen to Ephesians 4, verses 15 and 16. It says, instead, we will speak the truth in love. So that should immediately tell us something. There's truth here to be received. He says, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Wow, that's what we all want, right? Who is the head of his body, the church. But watch how it happens. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, completely. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Listen closely. You want a complete revelation of the love of God and its power in your life? You want to understand this gospel in its completeness? You want to live this life in the kingdom and go where God is taking you? You can't do it without people in and wherever God has placed you you can't do it without them let me just put it this way ladies and gentlemen it is unscriptural, it is ungodly it is contrary to the truth God's not into holy huddles It's not. God calls us one. The body. I've heard it said that your network is your net worth. The point there is simple. Your value goes up or down by those among you. Now think of how much more value you add to your life. I'm not even pushing you to the point of thinking about what you add to someone else's life. I just want you to consider the value you add to your life by building ties to your network in your church. You know what I hear and what I see when I say this is my church? This is my sister. This is my brother. This is my home. These are my people. This is my support system. This is my strength. This is my help. This is my counsel. This is where God moves in my life. People. One faith, one hope, one God. And so I'll give you a word of caution. Stop trying to do it without people in the church. Stop trying to do it without the people where God has planted you in the church. See, Christ works on the body from within the body. Each one of us receives from God and we're created to help someone else right here grow. Yeah. You. Who me? Yeah, you. No, not me. Yes, you. You can you don't understand my story. No, you don't understand what God says about you. Yes, you. We're wrapping up here. I want to give you a couple of more points. But I want to take you back to the first point that I should have said from the beginning. is this, that our lives have their fullest meaning in community with each other. Fullest meaning. The fullest expression of God and his love working in our lives, growing us, maturing us, is when we are in community with each other. Second point I want to leave you with here today as we're wrapping up is this, that where focus goes, power flows. Where focus goes, power flows. Listen, we're all focused on many things in our lives, including relationships. We have a focus, right? For some of us, if we were to look at the way you choose your friends and equate it to a job application, right, an interview process, here's what it would look like, I'm looking for people that like the music that I like, are into the kind of clothes that I wear, right? You're around this age, right? You make this amount of money because that could definitely benefit me, right? So we, we would have this laundry list, this focus on who we are in community with, who we're in relationship with. And I want you to consider how Jesus did it. Jesus started his ministry, and the Bible says that he went about doing good. He brought a great message. He told people, I know you heard it said, you know, kill your enemies, hate them. But no, 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 I say love them, forgive them, right? So he brought all these radical concepts that were mind-blowing to a bunch of religious people and pagans alike. But Watch how he focused his ministry. He's walking by the... Side of a lake, and he sees some guys, and these guys are a mess. You know anything about Peter? This guy had a big mouth, right? He was quick with a sword, right? Literally, right? This guy was the type of person that says, I'm the most committed person, and then would stab you in the back. And Jesus reaches out to him and says, come follow me. And I'll show you what true fishing is. I'll change your life. See, Jesus focused his attention on people because people are a part of the process and the recipe to release the power of God. There was one occasion where Jesus was teaching. And as he's teaching, we already know that Jesus was not just a great teacher, but he was a teacher that taught with power and demonstration. Something happened in the hearts of people. Not only was there physical manifestation and healing, there was healing of hearts. There was opening of of, of eyes to people that saw differently and believed differently. There was physical healing, all these great things. And in one of these moments, in Matthew chapter 12, 46 through 50, we hear that while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother, brothers, and sisters stood outside wanting to speak to him. And someone came and told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. Listen to Jesus' focus. He replied to him, who's my mother? And who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. Now listen, Jesus certainly loved his family and loved ones. But there was an intentionality and a focus that created a flow that derived from his connection, not just to what God was showing him, but to the people that he was called to do it with. The disciples were equally dependent upon their connection to him. In John 15, Jesus tells them, apart from me, you can do nothing. But you see, it was a mutual connection. And if we're going to lead the pack in what God has called us to do here, Church at the Bridge, or wherever God has planted you, there needs to be a focus, an intentional approach, a firm commitment to being in relationship with those planted with you. The next time you say, I went to church, be very clear on what you mean. Be very clear on what you're saying. Some of us today, somebody's going to ask, what did you do today? Oh, I went to church. Did that, does that mean I went and dwelled in a relationship and built strong ties with people of like precious faith? Does that mean that I went and I supported someone and I encouraged someone and I lifted someone? Does that mean that I added to someone and someone added to me? Does that mean that you were amongst iron that sharpens iron? Because listen, it takes believers to sharpen believers. Just saying. Our connection increases our influence. Listen to Mark chapter 6, second half of verse 6 through 13. It says, then Jesus went about teaching from village to village, calling 12 to him, and he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. And these were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Verse 12, they went out and preached that people should repent. They didn't beat people up. They just told them, listen, there's a better way. Turn around. Verse 13, and they drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil, and they healed them. I want you to see something that's very interesting here. That Jesus strategically began the expansion of the kingdom with people in relationship to him and to each other. He said, here's the plan, guys. You've been with me for over two years chronologically, if you study that out, it had been about that much time. He says, and now it's time for you to do what you've seen me do, what I've taught you. It's time for you to share it. It's time for you to do it. It's time for you to reach your fellow brothers and sisters in the place of Israel. It's time for you to go out there. But he doesn't say, Bob, you go that way. Alan, you go that way. Michelle, you go this way. Jose, you go that way. Mark, you go that way. Kim, you go this way. And he says, No, 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 no. Go two by two. And watch what he says to them I've given you authority. And then he says this You don't need a staff to walk with, a walking stick. You don't need more money in your pocket. You don't need a change of clothes. You don't need an extra pair of sandals. You don't need another shirt. You don't need a money bag to carry some more money and more resources. He says, here's what you need. You need the authority that I've given you and you need each other. You need. You need each other. I apologize. I'm going to tell you if there's one portion of scripture that speaks so loudly to me right now, and I, I relate to, it's the words of Paul where he says, the one thing that burdens me the most, he says, it's the care for the people. We live in a day and age, man, where division is common. And it's permeated our thinking as the body of Christ the church. No wonder there are more and more people resistant to this gospel. How could we believe a message that people that claim to believe it make unbelievable? You know, next week we're going to be digging in a little bit more and springboarding from here. But I want you to just reflect on something that I'm going to touch on in greater detail next week. In John 13, Jesus says to his people, his disciples, he says, I'm giving you a new commandment. I'm giving you a a new path, a new way. This is the way. He says, they shall know you're my disciples by your love for one another. Listen. You've been around me any length of time. Here's what you'll know about me. I don't have it together. I don't pretend to. But I love God. And man, I love people. But listen closely. When we started ministry here at Church at the Bridge, I said, God... I will go where you send me. I will reach who you've called me. I will do whatever's necessary. He said, Go to Newburgh. He said, All right, here we are. He said, God, how are we gonna do this? This is what he told me. This is what he told us from scripture. You build people, and they will build my church. Listen closely. I'm not, because I know what some of you heard. Oh, he's into growing a congregation. That's not what I said. It's not what I said. When you love the body, the body will build itself because it will go wherever it needs to go to reach someone, to touch someone, to love someone, to bring healing to someone, to bring hope. It's the way of the kingdom. Listen, if we can't love each other first, How dare we think we can love people into the kingdom? Here, Church of the Bridge, we're very clear on this. Church doesn't happen in here. Church happens out there. It happens out there. But there's this this thing that we need to realize that when we're in relationship with each other, our influence expands. Look, I don't, I don't claim that we've got it all together. <laughs> I can assure you we don't. You're looking for the perfect church? Just realize what you're asking. You're asking to go home. Just saying. And I'm talking about home with the Lord. But you know, we go to great strides with simple things, nothing spectacular. We open our doors on a monthly basis, and we have our friends and family nights where we just provide a fine dining experience to people just because. Because somebody needs to remind you that you are precious and that you are loved and you are the apple of his eyes and that he paid a high price. Because you're worth it. We serve people in transition, from prison and and and, and, and addiction and all these other things. Not because we feel that, that that it's the right thing to do. Because it's what's on God's heart. And so we 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 go to those leaps and bounds. We have connect groups because relationships matter. We don't have Bible studies. No, a Bible study is a holy huddle. Let's just talk about the Bible. Those words you see up there, we we strive to stay true to them. To connect with God, to connect with people in like precious faith and to connect with our community. It's why we have events and, you know, all these other things that we do. But listen, the point here is this, that Christians are people that become a part of a community that lives and serves together for a unified purpose. The kingdom of God. God's heart. Strong community life requires meaningful connections that come as people open themselves to others, pray with and care for each other, and work alongside one another for a common goal. Jesus. I gotta read you this just the way I wrote it. Serving in church is more than doing a job. Not only do we do things in the community and in other places, but we also create opportunities here. But well, you know, I just, I'm not into grabbing a rag and cleaning a counter. <laughs> hey, more power to you. More power to you. But Jesus washed feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just saying. Service to your brother, to your sister, and eventually even to your community is a service to God. And so serving in church is more than doing a job. It's about building relationships with people you serve with and those who you're serving. Ministry is not some isolated or insulated action. It's a people connection. And wonderful things happen when we say, I will be vulnerable. I will share my life with you. I will open up to the people around me. Ministry happens when when we say, I will let other people open up to me and I will help carry their burdens and allow them to help me carry my burdens. Ministry happens when we say we're part of each other's lives. Listen, that's what community is. That's what the church is. As we stand here today, I want to leave you with a closing thought. Let's stand together as I'm wrapping up here. You know, God's word isn't given to us for the sake of good information. It's given to us to build us up, to correct us, to help us, to clarify our vision, but ultimately to call us to a greater good. God's purposes. I want you to hear something this morning as we close. I want to make this statement first. Don't set aside God's instruction as it pertains to this matter. This is not a message to pump you up, to just go to someone, high five, man, I love you. (laughs) No, no, no. This is God's word calling us to something deeper. Something necessary. Something more necessary than the air that you breathe. It's the lifeblood of the kingdom. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25 say this. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let me translate that for you. Let's really take some careful thought and consideration... And do some deep introspection and reflect upon this truth. How we can build one another up toward love and good deeds. You know what that means? How we can grow up to be everything that God's called us to be. Verse 25, he gives us the secret sauce. He says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. In verse 24, I'm sorry, verse 25, the writer of Hebrews says we can't give up meeting together. And here's what we think that means. Oh, here's where he pulls on my heartstrings and makes me feel guilty and says, I ain't been to church in 11 weeks and I'm so bad and, and pastor, I'm so sorry. You know, it's just all these things. Stop. That's not what he's talking about. The words they're meeting together are made up of one Greek word. I'm not even going to try and pronounce it for you. Episunyago, something like that. But listen to what it means. It means, it it, it alludes to one who gathers together. But watch this. Like a hen does her chicks. You're all mine. Come here, baby. You belong over here. Under the shadow of my wings. And watch what under the shadow of my wings means. Connected to all of those that are mine. This is where you belong. This is where you draw your nourishment. This is where you grow. The implication here is strong. See, this is more than a call to not cast aside our need to come together and connect as a church. This is a call not to cast aside the fact that God is attempting to connect you to the person right next to you. Under his covering, one church. Jesus says this in Matthew 23, verse 37. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Let me bring that a little bit closer to home. My people. My child. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. He says, how often I have longed. How often I've desired. How often I've tried to get your attention. How often have I been knocking on the door of your heart. I've longed to gather you. It's the same word right there. To gather you. Your children together. As a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, listen closely. Listen to the tragedy that they were experiencing. And you were not willing. Listen to what God's speaking to you and I. You are my church. You are my people, you are my children, you are my sheep, I am your shepherd, I am your father, I am your provider, I am always good to you, I am the source of all love that you need, I'm your sufficiency, I'm your strength, but don't run away from what I'm calling you to, I'm calling you to experience me among my people. Don't leave here today and neglect the truth in this matter. We're called to love one another, to serve one another. Now go ahead and do something a little bit extra out your comfort zone. If you mean it, and only if you mean it, go ahead and reach out to someone and give them a hug and say, I need you. I need you, sweetheart. Everybody, look at me up here. Everybody, listen to me real quick. Look at me. I want you to consider the weight of the words you just said. You and I just said, I need what God is doing in you, I need to be a supply to you, I need you to grow. And I need to be a resource to you and in relationship with you to add all that God wants to do through me to serve you. It's a necessary connection, ladies and gentlemen. You can't be in relationship with God and by- bypass the people that He's placed among you the church. And for those of you that call church at the bridge, your home. I'm going to say this boldly to you. We need each other. I need you and you need me. And listen, if this isn't your church home, let me say this to you too. I need you. And you need me. And we need each other. Now, go and do what God said. Love your neighbor genuinely. Father, today we come to you in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you. Thank you because you would look upon us and see us with our deficiencies, with our insecurities, with the challenges that we're facing, with the fears that we harbor. With everything that goes on in life and yet you choose us and you say, I'm choosing you to strengthen my people so that we can strengthen people. Today, Lord, we don't take your word lightly. We respond. We make a decision by declaring our need for each other. And Father, we commit to know one another, to love one another to serve one another, to serve with each other and to add all that you have predestined us for by being a source, a supply of strength and whatever else you call us to do for one another. It's very possible that there's someone here today or maybe you're joining us online and, and what you're seeing is Man, God calls me a coworker, and God loves me and God chooses me. And there's something that God wants to unleash and unveil to me and through me to bring healing in my home, to bring change in my community, to serve someone, to love someone, to build someone. And what you're realizing is that, it's, that it starts in relationship with God, but also in relationship with his people. And you find yourself saying, I want that today. If that's you, whether you're here or you're online, I want to encourage you to consider this. That God so loved you that he gave his one and only son. He paid the price for sin because you and I couldn't. And by paying for it, he says, there's no receipt. I love you completely. Just discover where I'm taking you. And receive my love for you. If you believe that today with us, I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with us. Let's say this together with confidence. Say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you died and you rose again. I believe that you paid the price for me because you love me. Today I declare you're my Lord, that you're my Savior, that you are my God. And from this day forward, I love you, I'm seeking you, and I'm trusting you with the rest of my life. Come on, if you prayed that for the very first time, we're celebrating life change in the lives of people. Don't leave here without telling us the decision you've made. We're thankful for all that God is doing we want to walk alongside you. Now, Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you again next Sunday.
0: Hey friends and family, thanks again so much for checking out our weekly sermon podcast. We pray that God spoke to you directly through this message. And if he did, we want to know. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. You can even give us a call at the office to let us know how God spoke to you. Don't forget to also share this message with a friend, a co-worker. Share it on your social media stories. You never know who in your life may be blessed by this word. Thank you again for checking out our weekly sermon podcast, and we'll see you next week.